Hi, welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Daily Podcast. I'm Carl Nicholson. For today's podcast, I'd like to talk about seeing, and it's titled Seeing in the Night because I'd like to reference um, one of the things I've encountered in the military of operating at night. Um, there's numerous Bible verses about seeing um, and and stories of seers and in the Bible. It's just amazing. They're, it's unending and they're all awesome. Um, I'd like to go to Second Kings to talk about one story, but first, <clears throat> just want to talk about my experience in the military because I think it, there's some value in it that would um, bring some context to kind of who we are and how we operate as sons. Um, we, <clears throat> so we, um, where I was at most of my uh, time, I was doing missions um, during some of the wars where we operated at night. And there are some people who operate during the day and do certain things during the day. But for what I did, uh, we operated mostly at night. And this was to, um, this wasn't like during the day, a lot of peacekeeping missions and stuff like that happened. But in the night, we do more uh, tactical, take care of the bad guy type stuff and do other things at night that we need the advantage um, or that maybe our um, current rules and government doesn't help us get or that the the local population where we're at isn't assisting us to get what we need to do so we do it at night because we have a great advantage at night and because of that um, we're able to do things we want to do and I think there's already some awesome um, you know implications within that but so what what is it that gives us the advantage at night well one of the one of the great greatest things is night vision Um, you know so wearing night vision goggles if you ever look through some it just it enhances your vision at night. And, and the, the technology has really gotten good these days to where you can really see well. Um, and our weapons also have, the optics on them have uh, lasers that we zero um, to our weapon that work the same way seen in the day. And actually, uh, a lot of times work better at night and I don't even have to put the gun to my cheek and eye to aim at night. I can just hold the thing like a shooting from the hip sort of, except I don't actually shoot like that and uh, aim it because the laser is going where it needs to go. And the laser is also invisible um, to the naked eye and you can only see it with night vision. So I can, I can hit a target two, 300 meters away as good as during the day. So what an advantage, right? Um, to any enemy uh, standing on the battlefield that, that at night. And that, and that's why we do it because we have such a great advantage. Um, so one of the things um, experience during most of the, most of that time was that most of our enemies were, didn't have the technology we have. And that's why we did it. One of the things we're facing, um, we look at these days as we look ahead is, and always, you know, want to contemplate is how do we, how do we face an enemy who has the same technology? Um, and so if I'm have night, if I'm operating at night and I'm facing an enemy, and I have night vision, um, and I also have an enemy who has night vision, The what I'm doing uh, is not going to work the same, right? I have to figure out um, another advantage, or this is when um, knowledge or tactics or strategy and um, surprise, there's a few other principles of war that um, that work, but I have to, in order to get the advantage uh, with a near peer, I have to figure out another way. So you think of all everything I've said to you so far has has focused on 
a ground battle, right? Well, if you've tracked any wars um, or all the wars, what you'll see in the past hundred years, whenever there's a war, what people aim to um, dominate is the airspace. So the battlefield matters, but if I can take control of the airspace above, then um, I can dominate the battlefield ultimately, right? Because I can bring drop bombs, shoot guns from planes, helicopters, whatever, and and take care of things on the battlefield better, stronger, stronger weapons than a person can carry around and, a uh, you know, greater view, lots of advantages. And they can also operate at night. <clears throat> so, um, so that's really one of the keys. If you ever watch a, a war getting kicked off is you'll see people trying to take the airfields and get the advantage in the air. Well, nowadays, um, where there's even, you know, one of the big, uh, if you've noticed one of the big battlefields or areas that, that people are trying to get dominion of is actually space. Um, there's a whole lot of technology and now in space, um, and it's been up there, but now, you know, why is it that humans, uh, <laughs> weaponize, we, we want to find technology to weaponize it. Um, maybe it's for defense, maybe it's for offense, but it is nonetheless, um, what, what, it, what happens. Um, so <clears throat> jumping into the Bible story, um, I'd like to talk about second Kings chapter six, and this is when Elisha, um, he was the Kings, King Israel was, they were fighting the war with the Syrians and they kept defeating them. It says repeatedly, <clears throat> Elisha was telling them what to do tactically. Um, you know, this is like taking the, like taking the airspace, right? Like they had these plans, what they were going to do. And Elijah would tell them what's going to happen. And the, the King Assyria was like, who's, who's for the other side, you know, who's a traitor in our midst. And they said, no one, they said, there's a prophet in Israel who, uh, tells the, tells the King, everything you say in your bedroom. <laughs> and, uh, what an amazing miracle that, that God was doing through him. And so they said, let's go get him. <clears throat> so they went to went to his town uh, and surrounded Dothan where he was at. And um, I'm also living in Dothan, but I live in Dothan, Alabama. But nonetheless, I live in Dothan too. So they went to Dothan and they surrounded the city. In the morning time, his Elisha servant came to him and said, oh my goodness, Lord, look, look, my Lord, look at what they've done. They surrounded us and they looked around and they saw horses and chariots. And uh, this is when, you know, it's sort of famous saying, Elisha's like, don't, don't fret. Look, the ones who are with us are greater than the ones with them. And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And um, I, it's amazing. To, this is amazing to me as a military person that he opened his eyes and he saw the chariots and horses of God surrounding them. So the enemy had brought horses and chariots, which is in that day, what I'm talking about space being in our day, the greatest dominion um, or possibly airspace between airspace and space where people are, um, you know, jockeying to get dominion in this airspace to, to rule and to be able to have the greatest um, advantage uh, in war and other things. Um, in that day, horses and chariots were it tactically. So um, it's amazing that, that Yahweh um, manifested horses and chariots, but they were the horses and chariots of God. So the best technology they had in that day, God manifested it, but it manifested it with fire. Those, his horses and chariots had fire and it was surrounding them. And, uh, so he realized it. And then, you know what happened? They came near and asked about him and he says, he prayed that they'd be struck with blindness and just want to make two quick comments about this and I'll move on. Cause I think it's pretty awesome what happened here. Um, 
I, my question is, is was that blindness a, a physical blindness? Because I always just, just imagined them uh, had a physical blindness and somebody let them sort of by the hand or with a rope 12 miles to Samaria where they um, went to the middle of the city and they were, um, in, you know, captive, captive of, um, of uh, the, the king of Israel. Or um, did, was it a blindness? Because it says he talked to them and said, the person you're looking for is not here. And he took them there and then he asked their eyes to be open. So it's like what he prayed when he struck, played, prayed for blindness to be struck on them. It's almost like their minds were blinded and they lost the ability to understand uh, their, where they were at and who they were looking for. And so he was just like, nope, you got the wrong place and the wrong person. I'm going to take you here. Um, so if he did uh, actually strike them with physical blindness, which is a possibility, I just think even within that, like if I'm attacking somebody that I know is a supernatural person of God, you know, um, and I get struck with blindness, I would without a doubt, like 99.99% think it was that person doing that to me. I would not think that anything else. And I, um, so sort of silly to think that, um, I just don't know any way to justify that, that they were actually blind. Um, maybe they were blind and sort of, you know, uh, physically and spiritually blinded at that point. Maybe either way, it's really awesome. And the second thing about that is, um, I think it's amazing what, how Elisha, um, used his power. So he was, you know, a seer, a prophet, they even called prophet seers and he could see, but what he used his, um, that gift and who he was, um, to open the eyes of his servants. So he used it, uh, with his people in, in a good way to help them. And he used it on his enemies in a bad way. But then when they got to Samaria, um, what did he tell the King to do with them? He said, I want you to prepare them. He said, prepare them food and water. Uh, and the king was like, what do I do? You know, he would have done anything. He would have destroyed them, whatever. He said, prepare them food and water. So he created this great banquet for them and fed them. And then they went home and it says they attacked no more. And I just, that's amazing. He, he, Elisha used a New Testament principle in the middle of the Old Testament where everything was like eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. He used a New Testament principle and it worked. What an amazing advantage that seeing has. Um, and I just, I want to appreciate that and engage that. And I'd like to sort of close with this thought about seeing, because we, we talk about it and it's like, everybody can see. Um, I, I also believe that. And I want to tell you how I think that everybody can see, um, in the new Testament in James, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone who beholds his face in a mirror and when he walks away, forgets what sort of person he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, he looks, so he sees, he looks, and he continues in it. Um, this one will be blessed in all he does. So I believe uh, it's the perfect law of liberty is actually um, inside of us. It's the seed of incorruption. It's Yeshua himself. Uh, I mean, call it what you want, but it is incorrupt and it's the law of liberty and it's God. It's Jesus who lives inside of us. And just as uh, if you walk into a dressing room or a bathroom and you see a mirror in front of you, that mirror is on the outside of you and it's showing you a picture of the outside of you, right? It's on the outside and it's showing you a picture of your outside. The law of liberty is on the inside of us. 
when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it, it's on the inside of us. That seed of righteousness um, and is of the is an incorrupt seed of the law of liberty, and it's incorrupt and it's righteous, and it's on the inside of us. So what he's saying to do is look at that. <laughs> we have to look at that and and not walk away from what we see. So no matter. And this is where we can get to. And this is a key to helping us mature in every in every opportunity that we face, because everything we face is not it is an opportunity. Don't worry about time. Don't worry about it's it's an opportunity in eternity to engage um, with what we're engaging with within the perfect law of liberty um, and the cor- incorrupt righteousness because of what Yeshua did with his blood um, and what he's reborn us into. And we're looking into that. And it's like looking into a mirror because we're reflecting his light and we take on the, the nature of his incorruption. And as we continue in that and do everything we do, we then are, ult- we walk out because I don't ever, that, that, that law of righteousness and, and liberty never leaves me. I'm always engaging with it right now, even talking to you, whether I'm working out, whether I'm with my kids, whether I'm working, I'm engaging with this thing all the time. And by doing that, um, I've become a seer and a doer of the word. And a, a doer is what? It's one who sees the perfect law of liberty, who looks into it and continues in it. So I just want to encourage you with that today to engage with the incorruption seed of God that's on the inside of us, which is Yeshua himself. It's the word of God. It's the perfect law of liberty. And to look at that thing and to continue in it. And um, may God bless you as you're a doer of the word. Um, Have a good day. Shalom.